Hey guys, welcome to the Contend Podcast. Michael Allen here with my co-host Dennis Cole. Also with us today are David Blaylock and David Kem. Super excited! This is our first uh, videoed and recorded Contend Podcast, and I'm actually just going to jump straight into it. Our first topic for today is actually going to be on the topic of fasting. Want to demystify this conversation a little bit as far as like what is fasting, why fasting, biblical foundations for it as well, personal experiences. Uh, actually really privileged to be in a room with uh, three other men that have a lot of personal history in the place of prayer, in the place of fasting as well. So I'm just going to jump right into it. First question is uh, why fast? Isn't that an Old Testament thing? Um, so I'm actually going to direct that to David Kim. Probably is the first question. Like what is fasting in the place in the life of a New Testament believer? Yeah, well, one of the things that we talk about a lot is fasting, and that's actually one of the most common questions that we get is what does fasting look like in the New Testament and for the New Testament believer? And one of the things that we try to do as we're dissecting that is is just specifically even look at the life of Jesus. He starts out his ministry with a 40-day fast. Uh, in the wilderness. This is the inauguration of his ministry on the earth, but also his inauguration of, of the church age. You know, uh, uh, John the Baptist who preceded him lived a lifestyle of fasting, but even Jesus will look at John and say he was the last of that prophetic era. And he was inaugurating a new era, but he began it with fasting. And he, uh, in the Sermon on the Mount, uh, he says, not if you fast, but when you fast. It was a clear expectations for his disciples to fast, even though uh, the Bible is clear that they did not fast during his ministry on the earth, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but the expectation was that after he would uh, die, resurrect, and then ascend, that they would continue on in fasting. And and we see that in the life of the early church, their fasting. We see that uh, in history, but we also see that in the book of Acts as well. Sure. I mean, David Blaylock, you've been on college campuses. You went to Lee University, graduated uh, around 2016, I believe. And in the midst of all your time on different college campuses going, you know, through campus to campus from literally coast to coast, I, I think you, you, you probably agree with me here that this is a question we've kind of gotten a lot. Like, why why should I fast? Like, why is that even important today? Um, so just even kind of bouncing off of, of David Kim here, why would you say like that is important for specifically like a college age student sure. now? We often see in the, you know, if you're looking at the book of Acts, you know, before Paul is sent out, it's in a, you know, David referenced it, but it's in, it says in, in this place of worship and fasting, they get this power, authority, unction, whatever it is to send Paul out as a missionary. And so for a young person, many of us growing our lives in God, asking what our calling is, I think it's uh, for in, on a personal development standpoint, from a personal development standpoint, it's one of the most important things you can do in your college years is to give yourself a life of prayer and specifically fasting, adding fasting to it. Because oftentimes in the midst of fast, you know, if you look throughout the throughout church history, if you look throughout revival history, and obviously the Bible, that it's in seasons of fasting and prayer right. that um, you see people receive calling, you see mm. them receive clarity from God, you see them receive personal breakthrough that... Um, launches them out like Paul, right? So it was in the midst of this worship and fasting season that Paul gets sent out as a missionary, goes on to be the guy who writes 13 books in the New Testament, advances the gospel, right, uh, you know, at that point to the known world. And so for us as young people who are asking, you know, one of the deepest cries of our hearts during our 18 to 22 years is, 
hey, like, what the heck am I supposed to do with my life? This is why everybody changes their major 10 times, right, when they're in college. And really, it's it's more than just what do I want to do, but when you come before the Lord, I believe in fasting, giving yourself to the fasted lifestyle in your college years, it's saying, God, I am making my life available for That's you good. to speak, for you mm-hmm. to intervene, mm-hmm. and I'm removing myself from the equation, dying to myself, even in the place of food, so that I can have more of you and more of your desire for my life. That's good. Yeah. You know, as I hear you guys talk about how important fasting is, I'm, you know, the question that naturally springs into my heart is, why do you think this isn't better known? Like, I've heard Bill, I heard Bill Bright once said that he considered fasting to be the most important of Christian practices or disciplines. And, you know, Bill Bright, he's the founder of one of the largest missions organizations in the world. Mm -hmm. Um, But, just being real, when I talk with leaders of his organization today, it doesn't sound like there's a huge value for fasting. Most of the people that I run into on college campuses don't have much of a value for fasting. How Mm -hmm. do we get Mm -hmm. to this place? I don't know. I'm just speculating here. I'm Mm -hmm. I'm asking for some Mm -hmm. speculation. What has happened that we've lost such an important discipline? And Michael, maybe I could direct that to you first, man. Sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, I know there's multiple facets to this, but I think one example is because it's not necessarily modeled as much. Obviously, there's not a huge blanket statement, but it's not modeled as much in our churches today. And so when that's not modeled, as far as corporate fasting, I think that's something we each have experience in is what does it look like to do not just a personal fast, but even corporate fasting as well. It actually, when you see other people doing a fast, it actually encourages you yourself to, to likewise sure. do that. I think we, even as a community here, have a weekly rhythm, even of, of fasting together. We fast together on, on Thursdays. And I think when that's not modeled in the church or even in families, like when you think of that kind of the microcosm, so to speak, then for the college age student nowadays, especially like Gen Z, if they're not seeing that model, then they're not really going to have a, a grid for that. Because I mean, I, kn- I know it, there's so many biblical examples of that, but if you're not actively looking into scripture, like, hey, I've seen this say like in my own parents' lives, like I want to know that for myself. Like what does the Bible actually have to say about what my parents are doing or my, my pastor is saying? And so you know, I, I think that's one element. I'd love to hear maybe David and David share some more about this, but I think that's one element is that it's not actually being practiced from a very, very public view, maybe in our churches as much, depends on the church, but then also in the family as well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there definitely needs to be more faith and vision behind fasting. Um, but because that's what that's what initiates it. It's the desire. Right. And and so they need to hear stories, biblical stuff, testimonies, how it works. But we always encourage people to do these bite sized fasts. You know, it's very difficult to look at, you know, to look down the barrel of a 40 day, 40 day fast and say, this is going to be my first flat fast. Let's get radical on this. Let's get all my youth group on this. It's very difficult. I mean, that's mm-hmm six, seven weeks that we're talking about. And it's just hard to keep track. We would do these things where we do, you know, 36 hours, 48 hours, three days, and we'd get people into rhythm and we'd always do it together at the, at, a, at a church in the lock-in format. So there's this corporate experience of everyone being hungry together and then everyone entering into prayer together. And that way, there's not this sense of, man, am I the only one who's hungry? I'm yeah. the only one not encountering God. Like mm. I don't even want God right now. I just want food. <laughs> yeah. And, and so we, just having these bite-sized steps, even for kids at a young age, even in high school, doing these little, you know, you know, things are it totally, I think, are, are good steps to get your feet wet. And then yeah. also with college students, we always say, do a Daniel fast. Don't try mm. to do a four-day water fast. <laughs> even a four-day juice fast while you're in school or working, it's it's just so difficult. It's so monstrous, right? Mm. And 
and and so just giving these on ramps for people to experience it and then to experience that breakthrough the intimacy or whatever it is um that gets them wet uh, uh their 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 feet wet so to speak for for the greater things you know mm-hmm. yeah no, that's good uh, i'm actually curious from a college campus perspective from college campus ministry david how would you say like going about like getting that to like bite-sized chunks because i think that also might be one thing too is like you think in your mind like oh man i've never done you know, like a day, you know, without food, much less a seven day water fast. You know, I think it could be intimidating. So people are just like, oh, I'm not going to do that. I don't don't have the grace for whatever language you want to put on that. So I'm curious as far as like the practical, like how do we take that and make that like bite-sized chunks and like applicable and practical for our students? I I don't don't know, David, maybe you can speak into that. Just even your experience at Lee with the prayer room there. Yeah, I think, I think two things. I think um, one is, uh, we, we have to say it from the front, right? I, I don't have a memory, at least in my church growing up, great church. I don't have a memory of my, my pastors or my leaders talking about fasting from the front, giving people vision and desire, right? Or even permission. I think for a lot of people, even for a lot of people listening to this podcast that may have never fasted before, they've never had a, another young person say, hey, you can fast while you're a college student That's right. and That's you're right. not in full-time ministry or you're not the pastor or leader. And so for me, it was a permission thing. So I think one is giving them permission. Mm-hmm. And then on a practical, giving them what you're talking about, Michael, a bite-sized chunk and saying, hey, start with one day a week. Just start with one day a week, sun up to sundown. Just seek the Lord, take some, you know, drink some juice if you have to stay awake or whatever, um, and just start with one day. And, yeah. s- and I believe the fruit of that one day, right? Mm-hmm. Then they come to you as the, as, as the leader and say, man, that was really hard, or God did this or this or this. Um, and then it, it creates hunger, right? Mm-hmm. But it's like they feel like they can win with that one fast rather than saying, boom, 40-day fast. That's <laughs> what fasting is, and they quit after a weekend, you know, and they're like, I'm never doing that again. That's not me, right? But I think giving them permission, giving them vision, and then giving them, like you're saying, Michael, a step one. Hmm. Okay. On this on this topic, I'm curious, do you guys remember your first fast yes. or like your yes. first major <laughs> yes. fast? Yes. I'd love to hear like, what was it like for you? And was it hard for you? Or did it feel like, wow, this is so life-giving? I'm curious. Yeah, uh, I, I remember it clearly. <laughs> uh, I mean, I grew up in a Korean church, so fasting is in the culture, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But that first fast, I remember what we did was we, we called a three-day fast before our youth retreat. This was my first experience in fasting. And back in the day, I had never heard of a Daniel fast. I never heard of a media fast. Uh, you know, I, I learned that, yeah. you know, later on, you know, um, but, you know, we're, hard, Koreans are hardcore. If you're saying you're fasting, it's a water fast. So we called it a three-day water fast. <laughs> we met at the church every single day. We prayed. And I remember being incredibly hungry, but I remember us feeling just so desperate, so, you know, because so much of your time is spent eating. So much of your fellowship is around food. Yeah. And our fellowship was more centered around the presence, uh, you know, when you're mm-hmm. fasting and and us going after God together. And I remember, you know, immediately afterwards, we're at the retreat and we're seeing God break into kids lives. We have about 250 kids in our youth group. God saving souls, you know, just the most unlikely souls. And so when you see that when you're 17, 18, you're like, I, I don't want to do this any differently from that point on. Now, that's a very particular case. But there was there was something about it, out of a 250 person youth group. It was maybe 15, 20 of us. Wow. But it was something about the coalition of the hungry, so to speak, that got together that marked our hearts forever. You know, so it doesn't take many. Uh, honestly, you don't have to get the whole group fasting. You just have to get a couple friends, get in the room, take three days and seek God and, and watch God show up. Yeah. yeah. 
How about you, David Blake? Like you remember your first fast? Oh man, mine's classic. So <laughs> I was listening to a a a podcast actually, or a a online teaching thing from Luingo. I didn't know who Luingo was. It was after my first year of college, and I had participated in some like day fasts or whatever during college, but never any sort of extended fast at all. And it was just like you know the classic thing when 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 Lou speaks it. It was as I was hearing him teaching on fasting and fasting for nations and breakthrough i there was something inside of me that just started to burn and awaken and i'm 19 i was literally back in north carolina it was a north carolina summer i was probably uh you know i worked in a factory this summer all summer long no air conditioning it was probably 100 to 105 degrees every day and i'm just listening to lou engel podcast and i was like I have to fast, you know, like I That's have right. to do it. Come on. And so I didn't have any, I didn't even know about any kind of fast other than a Daniel fast. So I was like, "That's this is going to be a huge deal for me to do Daniel fast. <laughs> and so I started a Daniel fast and I would, I would pack, uh, you know, beans in the morning before I left. And then there was a Bojangles right beside <laughs> the, the factory. And I'd go and I'd get pinto beans and French fries for lunch and drink sweet tea. And I was like, <laughs> this is, I felt so holy. I was like, Man, I am really laying it all down. Uh, but By the way, that, I would just... if you're listening, don't, don't ever do a Daniel <laughs> fast like that. <laughs> but I remember thinking, you know, I was like, man, like I would just, I would just stack wood and pray all day for God to raise up prayer in my city, you know, in this little remote uh, area in North Carolina. And I remember during that time that there was actually several prayer groups that I had. I'm 19 years old. I have no influence. I have no leadership. Right. But during that time, I found out about six months later that multiple prayer groups started wow. on the college campus in my hometown and in the area, in churches. I mean, it was spontaneous moves Come on. of prayer that was being raised up. And it just it ruined me, like like you're saying, David. Even the week fast, you know, Come the on. week first fast ruined me. <laughs> yeah. But it was definitely Lou who got me. Yeah, <laughs> that's so good. How about you, Michael? Do you remember? Yeah. Well, I can't remember my like very first fast. You were born fasting, weren't you, Michael? Probably. Yeah. I, mean, I fasted <laughs> for nine months in the womb. Didn't eat any real, real food. Um, the I think the first fast I have memory of, at least that's coming to mind right now, is I was actually at the calls in DCs in 2008. Wow. Wow. And so I think I was like 13, 13 or 14. So I know it wasn't my first time actually ever doing a fast, but we were there. Actually, no, sorry, it was 07. We were in Nashville. So we were fasting the whole day. It was this big stadium gathering, thousands of people there. And that, that my main memory is like, man, I was famished <laughs> during that day. Like, it's hot. We had like life tape over our mouth. So like, I'm not even able to drink for like a few hours that I had like the tape oh, on my mouth. Yeah. And um, I honestly, like I didn't even really understand like what's my fasting accomplishing right now. I just knew it was important. Yeah. Um, but like what you were saying, David, I think that like the, the even the weakness of that fast, like yeah. I know the Lord used and so many people that were there that day, including, including myself. So like that, that was a catalytic moment for me. Like to the call national in 2007 was really such a transformative and also pivotal day really, as far as what happened for them personally. And even this as a, as a nation. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, that, that probably was one of uh, my earliest memories as far as like wow. doing, uh, doing a fast, even though it was only for, for one day. Yeah. Dude, that, that reminds me though, my actual first fast, I got to change the story up here. Yeah. Was, um, it was the call San Francisco. Were you there, Dennis? Yeah. Wow. I was there. I must've been wow. 13 years old. I wasn't saved, mm -hmm. but my whole church went <laughs> like 200 of us. They got buses and we all went. And we fasted for the day, and it was the longest, coldest, most miserable day yeah. of my entire life. And you I remember right before fasting. us, I mean, right behind us, 
they're just full on family with a picnic blanket and they're eating the entire day. And I'm with all these, I'm with all these little Korean kids and we're fat and you know, and some of them are, you know, all the older kids are crying and stuff. And we're just like looking at each other. We're like, dude, I am so hungry. It is so cold. And that was my first, that was my first fast. It was a forced fast. Yeah. You know, it was was forced. Yeah. I mean, I'll just share mine because as I'm, I'm thinking about it, like if I'm honest, I think my, my very first fast was when I was either sophomore or junior in high school. Um, and it was it was the Lord telling me, don't play video games anymore. Hmm. So it was like a video game fast. And hmm. I did that for six years. And um, at wow. that time in my life, video games were like the idol for sure, you know. And so that was a really big that was a really big deal. But that. You know, that one was interesting because I didn't take it as a fast. I thought the Lord was commanding me never to do it again. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it was it was a real surrender of an idol. And if I look back in my life, um, if, if there was a single decision I made that was probably like the best decision of my life other than coming to Christ, right? Yeah. It was probably that one, you know, just being real. Because that is the decision where I said, Lord you're more important to me than this, mm. even though I love this, Come on. Yeah. you know, that's good. And, um, you know, and, and that set up, I think the rest of my walk, it really set me on a trajectory where the Lord really started to show up in my life in major ways. And I always questioned myself cause I would look at some of my friends in youth group and, you know, most of my friends in youth group are not really walking with the Lord anymore, mm. you know? And sometimes I think back, Lord, why, why did I experience a lot of the things that I did or why did I have these things happen? And, um, you know, I, I do think that some of it had to do with me making that decision to give God my most precious thing, you know? And I just want to say that I think that that is a type of a fast. The Lord gave it back to me six years later. Um, but that was, yeah, it was life changing for sure. Yeah. Well, even on that note, I know there's, so you talked about like a video game fast. Um, and then like there's, there's Daniel fast that we've been talking about. There's, there's so many different kinds of fasts. I feel like, so maybe we can just, just talk about that just for a few minutes. Like what are the different types of fasts, but then also for you guys personally, what have you felt like has been one of the most effective or even beneficial for you personally, as far as just your own, just like rhythm and, uh, yeah, lifestyle fasting. So I don't know, David Blaylock, if you want to hit that question first. Yeah. Um, I think definitely along those lines, Dennis, you know, and whenever I saw some of the largest personal breakthrough in my life was whenever, um, you know, having to do with media and entertainment, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, entertainment fasting of different kinds. You know, I, I remember there was a season in college where uh, we were going into, I had, I'd been fasting at this point, but we were going into a fast and I felt so clearly in my spirit to not watch Duke basketball for wow. the duration of this fast. What a sacrifice. It was a big sacrifice, right? That's like, huge for you, bro. That's, that's huge. huge. It was huge. That was your Isaac, man. Because I knew if I wasn't there standing in the gap for Duke basketball, yeah. we weren't going to win the championship. <laughs> like, uh, that's just the truth. And so, um, but whenever I, you know, I did that, you know, I incorporated that into the food dimensions of the fast. You know, it was it was Duke basketball, but it was broader, right? It was entertainment, it was movies, it yeah, was that yeah. sort of thing. Mm-hmm. It creates, you realize like how much time you waste. Hmm. Right. You realize how much time you wait, you waste scrolling or watching highlights or just like vegetating. Right. Mm-hmm. And it almost creates this inner inward, like, God, I'm bored. Like I have nothing to do, but talk to you. Right. I have nothing to do. And then it, it creates connection between you and the Lord in a deeper way. Mm-hmm. And so more of your time is filled with more of him. And so to your point, Dennis, I do think 
you know, and as we called other young people to that type of a fast, I think for me personally, the me- adding the media dimension in this day and age to uh, to food fast is so powerful. I mean, it's just you know, I I said I've said this back then, but I said, man, what could God do on mm-hmm. our campus yeah. if everybody on our campus got off social media for forty days? That's good. You know, what That's would good. God do? And instead of instead of going to social media and, and entertainment, we went to the Bible and we went to the prayer room and we sought Him. What could He do? Yeah. Hmm. Oh, that's so good. I, one of my life-changing fasts that are not related to food was I was I was in high school. I was in high school. And I said, I'm not going to listen to secular music. Hmm. Any secular music. Actually, it, it, when it came down to it, I stopped listening to all music. And, uh, and at the time, I loved music. I was the kind of guy who had his headphones in all the time. And I didn't listen to music, but especially secular music for about three months. And after that, to this day, I don't listen to secular music. Now, that's not like a um, commandment from scripture, right? But it, it is, Paul does say, you know, all things are permissible, but not all things um, are beneficial. And that was kind of a spirit in the heart I had going into this fast. And, and what people don't realize is that music is a powerful tool, mm-hmm. right? I bet right now, for those of you guys who did listen to you know, hip hop growing up, from a certain generation, I could say, lose yourself and you know the whole intro, right? I, I could actually do it right now or or cer- certain songs, right? Um, that you grow up listening with, you, you just, it, there's cues and, and what you don't understand is you're being discipled consciously or unconsciously mm. by this music. And there's a spirit behind, you know, even the, the, the very sound that's going forth. And so I, it, it really transformed my life where I just went on a blackout and like to this day, I just haven't had a, a, desire to listen to secular music but what i did was i challenged all these other high school kids because a lot of ways that they would you know medicate you know even back then and that back then you know youtube had just started music was where you would zone out and you would just be you their lives were changed hmm. uh, and i think even today the music today is even more seductive than even the music that was in our generation mm-hmm. in one sense and so i i would encourage that too you don't think about it because it's not visual and most people when they think of distraction they think only in the visual realm but you know even the things that are more auditory they have an influence on on your your level of hunger for god Mm, that's so good dennis what about you yeah it's a good question i don't know you know the most powerful Mm. fasts for me have been the ones where i really felt burdened by the lord to do them Mm. you know and i there have been several different kinds of those types of fasts i will say i do media fasts really often Mm. like my general rule of thumb is anything that i feel like is hindering me if i if i sense that it is competing for my affections with the lord then i'm just like i gotta cut this off for a bit you Mm. know what i mean and that's That's and that can be true for so many different things you know when i was in college i did um i did a celibacy fast right i decided i'm not gonna i'm not gonna date when i'm in college you know and you know to be clear i i think it's okay for people to do that you know i just felt burdened by the lord to do that and um and i think that that was so important and effective for me, it was so helpful for me, you know, mm-hmm. in that season of my life. And, you know, I, I've done a number of uh, juice fasts. I, I got, I hate, like, <laughs> there are lots of fasts that I hate. Um, you know, juice fasts, though, for whatever reason, I have felt a little bit more grace to do. Mm. You know, first of all, I don't have to, like, you know, I don't have to think too hard. Like, when I'm in, on a Daniel, I don't know about you guys, but I'm thinking, like, 
Is no, it? yeah, is that Daniel? You know, like, so those fries. <laughs> yeah, like when that line's not clear, you know what I mean? It, I you get, push it. I, I'm tempted to oh, push it. You push know it. what I mean? So, like, I like Daniel fast. pancakes. I like fast that are a little more clear. You know, I want to draw those lines. So the juice you. fast for whatever is more clear in mm-hmm. my mind. Yeah, and I'm like, okay, I know I can have this, and I can have this, and I can have this. And um, and I like on the juice fast, I kind of like protein shakes. You know, I'll do that, mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. it's not like I feel like crazy weak. Um. But I have done more extreme fasts, you know, and yeah, I, I I don't know. I feel like some people feel like they have grace for fasting. You know what I mean? I don't feel like I'm one of those people. <laughs> I just feel like, I did, Lord, I love you. Please see how much I love you kind of thing. <laughs> yes. Even in the weakness, like, Lord. Yeah. My wife was asking me today, like, hey, do you want me to pick you up like a smoothie from Jamba Juice, you know, for, for lunch? I'm like, you know, unless I'm fasting, I'm going to steer away from just getting this smoothie. Like, I'm, I'm going to have Chick-fil-A for lunch today. Yeah, same price. Just pretty much, yeah, same price, exactly. I'm like, I, I'm, I've now so associated like going to get a smoothie. Like, okay, I'm on a juice fast. And I like, I pretty much exclusively <laughs> reserve like smoothies for fasting day, and so yeah, like, I, I, I won't on other days. <laughs> sure. So I, yeah. I think for me, just to also speak to this question. I think having there's been so many different seasons where I think to your point, Dennis. Like, I, I realized like, man, I think this has crowded out my love for the Lord in this season. Whether it has been like movies netflix you know other seasons it has been just other forms of media uh for me also even just sometimes food um but it's not just like hey what am i cutting out but i think the intentionality to replace it with time with the lord Mm -hmm. is so so important and i can for me at least i realize i can very easily kind of fall into the thing of like okay i'm fasting so i'm not eating today or i'm not on social media for a week and then i just go about my life i just go about my day and it just it's not an actual seeking of the Lord more. Yeah. I'm not actually replacing that thing. I'm just abstaining. Yeah. And I think I, for me, I, it has to be like every single time, like, Lord, I want more of you. I'm abstaining from this, less of this, so I might have more of you Absolutely. in this way. Absolutely. I'd love to hear from you guys a little bit. Like for me, when I fast, I'll notice a number of things. Like a lot of times I notice a, like more keenness in my ability to feel God. You know what I mean? Like, I, I feel like I can feel his spirit more, right? I feel like I could feel heart burden more. Mm. So those are some of, that's like, that's why I'll fast. I'm like, God, I need heart burden for this. And I'll go on a fast to get heart burden because I know it, I just know from experience, it helps with that. I'm curious, are there things that you guys feel like when you're fasting? Are there practical things that like, yeah, this is why I fast. It really helps me in this sense. Kind of more at a personal level? Sure, on a personal level, yeah. Yeah, I think... With that heart burden, you know, part of it is also revelation that, you know, there's so many, David mentioned this earlier, Paul, uh, uh, Paul is at Antioch and, and they need to make a massive decision on the missions movement in Antioch and they turn it into an atmosphere of prayer and fasting, mm-hmm. right? Where there's prophets and teachers. And I think there's been so many times where Audrey and I, my wife, Audrey and I have had to make a major decision for the ministry or for our personal lives where we've gone into seasons of extended fasting. I mean, contend is here today. I, I think when I look back in the history, because Audrey and I were on a 110 day fast, we were we did a 110 day Daniel fast out of pure desperation. It wasn't like, man, we're so holy. God's moving and we just wanted to keep moving. No, it was, we didn't know what to do. Yeah. We were like, God, everything that we're doing, it feels like a waste of time. Like I've done so many trips uh, back to back to back and, 
it seems fruitless. I need an answer right now. And so on this, on we went on a 110 day fast out of Psalm 110, wow. um, uh, uh, where in the day of thy power, your people shall volunteer freely. Your youth shall be to you as to do that passage. And by the end of that, it was this sense of, of a, of a gaining of confidence in the things that God was speaking during that fast. So it wasn't, it's not just the revelation, it's the faith, mm. right? And so even Jesus, when he says, this kind cannot be driven out by, by prayer and fasting, some commentators would connect that with their level of faith. They yeah. didn't have faith. So Jesus rebukes them for their unbelief in order for them to get that faith. Fasting and prayer was part of it, right? Mm. And so I found that in these fasts, you don't just get the revelation or, or like you're saying, the heart burden, but you get confidence and faith that this is what God wants to do. And this, and, 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 and you can leverage all of your life behind that, you know? And so I, I there's so many other corporate stories I can tell with that, but just want to encourage, you know, just when you're feeling that go to fasting. Mm, yeah. Finney said, when I felt the fires of my faith wane for even a day, I would go into the to the to the forest to fast, and mm. and when he when he when he felt lacking of faith for revival, he would just set apart a day just to fast and pray, you know. And I I feel like that's you know one of these the most uh, 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 motivate motivating things for me personally. Yeah, I I think it's a great point because when I talk with young believers, a lot of times what I hear from them is like, man, I just know I'm just not feeling it these days, you know. Like I just feel like I'm I feel apathetic. And oftentimes, like if you can impart faith to them to like go on a fast, like to do a fast, to lay something on the altar, right? Yeah. This is the way you can spark like a quick fire in your heart for the things of God. And I just want to say that to young people because a lot of people, a lot of young people really struggle with, mm. with waning and waxing vision, mm. you know, where your yeah. vision's going in and out and in and out. And sometimes you get in these places where I just don't feel like I have vision. And I just want to encourage you, get into a lifestyle of fasting. Learn to fast in those moments to keep your vision somewhat steady. Yeah, that's good. Oh, that's so good. Uh, I'm curious. I'm, I'm sure even just already kind of sharing some of these stories. Do we have any good fasting fails? <laughs> like stories are like, man, that was not my brightest moments or, you know, this did not go the way I planned it. Um, I, I know a couple, a couple of the stories already, but I don't know. D David, do you have... Do you have any that come to mind as far as fasting fails? Fasting fails. Fasting fails. Are you thinking of a specific story you want me to share? Um, I don't know the the, the <laughs> strawberry milkshake fasting in college. I remember and oh, that oh, and popcorn. Oh, 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 fasting fails. Oh yeah, like my entire fasting life. <laughs> um, well, yeah. So so there was this one time. Um, you know, growing up in the South, we don't. You know, I my family didn't eat very healthy. The whole idea of you know. Fasting. I remember I came home one time. I told my family I was fasting. My dad goes, "You're not eating." I mean, it's like offensive to a southern man, you know, if your son is not eating. Yeah. I said, "Dad, Jesus fasted." He's like, "Well, Jesus was magic. What are you talking about?" <laughs> That's awesome. And I was like, "Oh, this is bad." So, but yeah, that whole fast that was a a, a smoothie fast. But my smoothie fast was chocolate milk, strawberries, and bananas, and mm. peanut butter. And it blended up again and again, day after day. I threw some like V8 juice in there. Oh, that was gosh. pretty much it. Like that was it for like for like 21 days on this smoothie fast. Uh, I remember another time. This was probably like the ultimate worst one. It was actually my last semester of college, <laughs> and um, my uh, our our housemate in college, one of my best friends, he works here with contend with us. Uh, his name's Kanan. He goes off to one thing, and he gets this prophetic word that me and him are supposed to do a Daniel fast basically the entire semester. 
And a Daniel Fast for him, he you know he grew up missionary kid, pretty cultured, salads, well rounded, you know, rabbit diet, you know. <laughs> and uh, but a Daniel Fast for me was like eggs and salsa, chips and salsa, <laughs> cookout late at night with like fries and barbecue and ranch and sweet tea, and, and that was like popcorn for a snack. Yeah, Th- this back. man did not know what an avocado was <laughs> no. until he went to college. Oh gosh, he th- this is where That's he was true. at. His first this time he- eating a carrot, he ate it like an apple <laughs> and didn't know how to eat it. And it was like, what's this core? Like I didn't even know like a carrot had a core until he started like eating it like that. So that so what happened during that fast? Because I was in my last semester of college, finished up my theology degree. I was actually engaged. We we're about to get married, and I was eating that every day along with about like eight cups of coffee because I wasn't sleeping. Right. We're doing prayer stuff. And then all of a sudden I just could not get out of bed one day. Like I was bedridden and it was like, there was like something stabbing me in my stomach, like a fire in my stomach. And I couldn't move for like several days. And I got diagnosed with like severe stomach ulcers because of how I've been <laughs> Daniel fasting. That's horrible. And I was oh, like, Kanan, this fast is over, man. You keep doing it. I'm done here. So that's my ultimate fasting fail is is uh, not dieting right on the fast. You get, you guys get to learn on this podcast that the the do's and the don'ts about what to yeah, do right. during a fast, especially like Daniel fast. Yeah. I, will kill man, you. I, I had to learn from experience, especially on liquid fast. Never trust a fart. And uh, I'll oh, leave. I'll leave it yeah. at that. I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> anymore will probably be TMI, but there has to be a scientific word for fart. Flatulence. That, that flatulence. Do not right. trust Don't your trust flatulence, flatulence whilst on a fast, <laughs> on a liquid fast. It comes in a liquid, goes out as such. And so uh, yeah, that's probably. On, I've had multiple. I've had to learn learn from experience on that one. But I don't know, David Kemeny. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I definitely have a story on that. But before we get to that story. There, fasting healthy is important. Uh, you know, I don't know if we're yes, gonna hit sure. that in this, yes. in this in this I, in this podcast, but th- there was two years where four times in two years I gained sixty, lost sixty, gained oh sixty, lost sixty, gained sixty, lost sixty. Wow! Just because of the cycles of intense forty day fast that we were doing, and I gain it back not in forty days, but you know, <laughs> I, I gain it back over the course of maybe you know f- uh, four or five months, and then I go another forty lose 60 pounds and then so you definitely don't want to do that it kills your metabolism but this one was a this is a fond memory no it's not a fond memory but <laughs> it's a good learning lesson it was my freshman year of college uh i was i was preparing i was i was gonna preach somewhere and so i went on this 10-day water fast and i was like god i want to see revival like i want to see breakthrough you know when you're younger it's you know uh, uh and hopefully as we get older we get more desperate but that was just my mindset back in those days so i fasted on water for 10 days did the service. It was awesome. Um, God broke in. And then afterwards I had in and out. So I broke in multiple fasts on in and out. And this was the worst one. And, and I f- it felt great, you know, for about 45 minutes. <laughs> and then for the next three and a half days, I'm going through massive stomach pains oh and God. nothing's coming out. Like oh it's gosh. just everything I'm eating. It's just all stuck and backed up there. Oh and, no. and in my desperation, I, I didn't know what else to do. I, I went to the store <laughs> and I got orange Metamucil, <laughs> which is for like 70 year old people who, 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 who can't go to the bathroom. And I had like four or five servings of orange Metamucil oh, no. just to try to flush it out. And it was, it was a horrible experience. I spent the next two days in pain, just taking Metamucil oh, and, gosh. 
And uh, 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 the long story short is you never break a, a 10-day water fast on, on, on In-N-Out. But that was, that was probably my worst, my worst fasting fail uh, in the world. Oh, my gosh. But I'm, I'm alive. Yeah, and praise God, God, man. That's the act of the Lord. I mean, that's probably a good segue. What are some <laughs> principles for, like, on-ramp into a fast and off-ramp yes. out of a fast? Mm. You know? That's good. No, that's good. Maybe I, I can just kind of kick us off because again, we're talking about different types of fasts, right? And so the the type of on ramp that you're going to do is going to be dependent upon the fast. So maybe just most basic level Daniel fast. You're still eating food. You're just not doing meats, sweets. Uh, if you're going maybe a little more hardcore, no no like gluten or dairy. Um, so I mean, as far as on ramp, that's typically pretty easy. You're going to detox even during, say, if it's like a 21 day Daniel fast, you're going to be detoxing during those 21 days. But leading up to it, you want to kind of start weaning yourself off of uh, sugars, really high processed foods. Yeah. And I mean, you do that pretty much in any fast as you're like leading up to it. So I'd say probably with a Daniel fast, it's not as intensive. You can do like a few days before um, as far as just that starting to wean on, uh, wean off of those things. And then when you end the fast, don't just go get like a sugar high, you know, like day one and like, well, now I can have a whole cake. Yeah. <laughs> now I'm done with the 21 days, uh, ease back into it. Um, and who knows, maybe there's some, uh, healthy la- lifestyle or, or healthy habits that you pick up during your fast that you're like, you know, I don't think I'm going to be doing, you know, sweet tea again. I don't, I don't think that'll ever happen to David Blaylock, but you know, <laughs> no. well, I, you know, w- sometimes you just have to just declare that you only live once. <laughs> and just Yellow. go ham. That's Korean um, style right there. I know. Break I mean, it's like Korean style is after the forty-day Daniel fast. All you can eat, all you can eat Korean barbecue. Oh my gosh, bulgogi. Sometimes you just deal with the repercussions. Yeah. We're, we're we're doing the, the the healthy on on ramps and off ramps to fast. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, David, but maybe with a water fast, can you speak to that a little bit? How to best repair best practices if you're doing a water or, or actually water and liquid fast? If you can maybe yeah. speak to that. Well. I think one thing that blew my mind in college when somebody like explained to me like, oh, like a 40 day fast can be graduated. Right. Which even that idea, if you if you're doing a more extended fast, you can graduate it. So what I mean by that is that you can it's kind of like a triangle. Right. It's kind of like you ramp up on the front end and you hit a peak in the middle and then you kind of ramp down. So that by the end of the 40, you can eat solid food. Right. If it's like a, a primary juice fast. So somebody introduced me to that and. Uh, you know, the steps are, you know, typically it's, it's Daniel, you know, eating more clean foods, Mm -hmm. Daniel, maybe you do that for five days, you do juice for 10 days, right? So, so you have your, maybe just say five to seven days eating clean, Mm -hmm. right? And then you go from that to you have some juice with some fiber in it still. And then you transition from that juice to maybe you do like a three day water fast in the middle. And then out of that water fast, you go back onto juice then you go back onto Daniel, and then by the end of the forty, you can pretty healthily and safely transition off. Uh, you can do that also. You know, if you do all forty days juice, you can do, you know, you know, really uh, easily digestible foods on either end. Mm-hmm. Um, but the graduated fast, I think, is a great thing because it really allows you to transition on and off in the context of your fast, and I feel like it's helpful. That's good. Yeah, yeah. I'll just speak to a water fast real quick. Mm. Um, First of all, shout out to Lou Engel. He's our spiritual father. He's he's <laughs> he's, he's he's done so many forties, can't even count. But I've done yeah. privileged to to done a lot of you know different types of fasts with him. But that forty day water fast, or even a twenty one day water fast, what you have to realize is that by day six or seven, eight, your system is shutting down, 
and your body the human body is is, is beautiful i mean just look at the dudes here mm. <laughs> but yeah. uh it, it's it's a beautiful thing it completely renews i mean it almost like dies and it gets rebirthed in, in, a, mm. in terms of a, in terms of an extended water fast and so obviously the break-in is really important because if you want to help the cleansing process, do it earlier, right? Don't mm. have caffeine in your system, sugar or fat in your system, go five, seven days out. Um, but your body's renewing itself. It's shutting down. Your stomach is shutting down. So it's really, it's really the only period of your living life, which is what the definition of life is. But it's the only <laughs> period of your life where you're actually not constantly processing food, mm. right? It completely shuts down and your body's actually cleansing out. Your liver's cleansing out. Your, your pancreas is cleansing out. Um, uh, your kidneys are cleansing out. And so uh, even during a water fast, there's some cleanses that you can take that won't add calories. So it's not like you're helping yourself, but they're helping the cleansing process. And the coming out of it is we always recommend extremely slow. Like David said, mm -hmm. in terms of the graduated fast, you're taking that in a little bit of an extended level with the water fast and you're beginning to break down introducing uh, uh, not too sugary juices, but just but liquids, you know, we'll start with a very, very, very light vegetable broth and we'll begin to work our way back in and, and then, you know, introduce the grains. But the big thing is, is when you come out of a water fast, you do realize, although no one I know who's on a water fast, maybe except like three or four people have actually learned their lesson. But you actually you realize how sugary, how salty, how fatty processed foods can be. Yeah. Right. And so you can actually come out of that and have your entire taste buds rebooted. And live a healthy lifestyle most of us don't do that <laughs> but but it, it actually is is it's a work of god not just at the heart and spiritual level but at a physical level there is a even if you look at more um uh, secular studies medical studies an extended fasting is actually there's proven health benefits to mm -hmm, it you just mm -hmm. have to come in right and then exit right and then live a lifestyle afterwards that's 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 conducive for your, for your body yeah, no, that's so good. And I know that's speaking to the physical, but maybe Dennis, if you can just touch on what should you expect emotionally, even like spiritually, like during the midst of a fast? Because I know for me, like if I'm doing like a, 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 maybe a shortened, like just liquid fast, like in addition to feeling hungry, you know, I'm going to be feeling sometimes like maybe more not antagonistic, but maybe more like a little on, like on edge, like, especially if it's the first day or two. Um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe you can just hit on that a little bit as far yeah, as what to sure. expect spiritually, emotionally during those days. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it people get hangry, you know what I mean? <laughs> yes. You oh. get hangry and like, you know, last time I did a juice, an extended juice fast, you know, I had to have a talk with my wife cause I was like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was getting annoyed easily. And she's like, you know, kind of mad at me and I'm kind of mad at her. And, you know, that's that's the reality. You kind of have to have some grace on yourself and mm -hmm. on those who are fasting because, yeah, it's hard. Yeah. You know, it's legit hard. And, you know, one thing we haven't touched on, but look, one thing I've noticed is that there are times where I'm doing a fast and I just feel the grace of the Lord on it. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I don't I'm not thinking about food all the time. I'm really like able to connect with God. Well, it just feels like really um it feels great. And then I've had fast where I feel like there's like no grace on it at all. Yeah. True, true, true. And I'm just miserable and angry yeah. <laughs> and, you know, and I mean, just being real, I'm, I'm more uh, likely to either end a fast or change a fast. If I feel like there's like no grace on it and I'm like dying on or whatever, um, I'll, I'll sometimes change my fast and I'll talk about it, you know, um, with my wife or something. But for me, that's one of the things I do. I'm not saying you should necessarily do that, 
But, you know, I try and do that, especially if I'm on like a corporate fast, I try and join in on every national corporate fast. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? If there's a national corporate fast, I'm going to try and join in. But yeah, some of those fasts, like sometimes I don't feel that much grace on it and I'll just pull back a little bit. You know what I mean? Hey, I'm doing juice. I'm going to pull it back to a Daniel, you know, yeah. and, and that way I'm not going to kill everyone around me <laughs> and like, you know, not destroy all my relationships and stuff. Especially when you're younger, you fast out of zeal. So every fast you want to go intense after God. And there's been so many times I've changed the fast because that's not what the Lord wanted me to do from the beginning. Other times, sometimes the Lord's like, you know, you pray about it. And the Lord's like, no, you got you to gotta finish this one. But going back to your first point, I, I, uh, I'm I reminded, Alan Hood shared a story. Uh, Alan Hood, he's a, he was a leader at uh, IHOP in Kansas City. I've never forgotten the story hmm. where he said, you know, he was processing with the Lord. He was fasting. He was angry. And he said, Lord, why am I so angry when I fast? And the Holy Spirit spoke to him and said, Alan, you are always angry, but you just never see it. Mm-hmm. And, and essentially what, 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 what the Holy Spirit was saying there was this is sometimes fasting brings out sin in our hearts mm-hmm. that we have to deal with, right? Or issues or things like that. And, and they come to the surface and and uh, in that place, you know, um, I, I haven't forgotten that because, you know, I, I definitely get irritable on fast. You know, sometimes when I'm about to go into intense fast, you definitely have to talk about it. if you're married, you have to talk about it with your wife because it affects everyone. Yes. You got to cook separately. <laughs> I mean, it's just it's a yeah. different deal. Right. Um, but, you know, I've just kept that in the back of my mind as like, man, I, I know that I'm I'm hangry, but it's not. I'm like especially hangry. This might actually be something that's inside of me already that I've, I just haven't dealt with. You know, and so th- those words from Alan have, have kind of changed and shifted my perspective even because I think we all we all deal with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's so good. I, I, it's it's honestly a type of crucible. Like you realize like, oh, man, like right. I I'm just trying to be holy here, you know, in the midst <laughs> of my fast. And I'm like, but now I'm getting irritated. I'm, I'm losing my patience, you know, like these different things like, oh, this is actually an opportunity for the Lord to use this as a crucible to actually continue to purify me, to actually continue to to you know, bring out even the fruits of the spirit, you know, when my flesh is weak, like then he is strong. And so it's actually right. an opportunity, volitional weakness to allow the Lord to have even more of us and allow him. Cause again, fruit of the spirit, I think I'm, I, I re- I've realized this, like the fruit of the spirit is not the fruit of Michael. Like the harder I try typically and like to try to be more loving, to be more patient or kind. I just, on those days, I end up being like almost the exact opposite because I'm trying to do it out of my own strength. And then being able to actually from a fasted place say lord i can't do this on my own i need you holy spirit Amen. have all of me have your way in me and would you produce the fruits of the spirit as it says in galatians 5 uh, in and through my life and so uh, on that note and i think we the, one of the last questions for today I just wanted to talk about uh, a phrase that we have within content is the the fasted lifestyle what does it look like to have a fasted lifestyle if we talk about even the the nazarite consecration the number six uh it's not just like okay hey we like five days 10 days or 21 days like this month but it's actually how do i have an ongoing fasted lifestyle dennis you were talking about this i think earlier maybe just start us out because you're you're talking about like hey whenever i feel like something is taking the priority of the affections of my heart I feel like the Lord like highlights that and I have to cut it off. And so I don't, I feel like that already kind of speaks a little yeah. bit to that. Maybe oh yeah. Talk some more about that. Look, I mean, all of us get tempted at times. I've deleted Instagram five times. <laughs> it's currently not on my phone. You know what I mean? Cause you know, 
And, and, and then I'll I download it again because for ministry, it's always for ministry. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm like, I got to be faithful to reach young people for the Lord. You know? <laughs> and then I just find myself looking at like pictures of watches and stuff that I don't, you know, and I'm just like, it starts, it starts to pull me. Right. And I'm just like, I, I don't want to deal with the temptation of these things. Hmm. So I just cut them off. Hmm. Right. Hmm. I cut them off all the time. Right. So with like video games, I still cut them off. I have, like, right now I'm doing a fast where I only play video games with other people, right? I'm not going to do it by myself. You know what I mean? So I'll do lots of little fasts here and there, but it's just a constant safeguarding of my heart hmm. because I'm like, God, I've got to I've got to be close to you. That is the hmm. dream of my life. And anything that threatens that, I have to cut it off, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I think that that is, you know, when we think about fasting, it, it, we can fast anything. Right. We could fast certain relationships in our lives. Right. We can fast that that are unhealthy. Right. Mm. We could fast, um, you know, we could fast certain activities. Right. We could fast, obviously, food like we've been talking about mostly today. But just this idea of being willing to cut off everything that gets in the way. Mm. Right. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm not going to allow anything to get in the way. I'm not going to allow anything to sneak in to Mm. grab the affection of my heart. Right. And, and I say this, you know, with a, a warning also to young people, because a, a lot of people don't understand there is a dynamic where you can begin to idolize things in your life. Yeah. Yeah. And that will kill your relationship with the Lord. Yeah. It will kill your vision. It will kill your destiny in God. Mm-hmm. And so I try and encourage people, be ruthless with those things. Anything that would try to take the place of, of the Lord's, you know, uh, leading in your life. And I just want to say, for some people, it's career stuff, right? Sometimes you have to cut off aspects of your career, right? Sometimes, like, whatever you feel like is getting in there, that's really the heart of, of, I think, you know, living a a fasted lifestyle, right? This this Nazarite lifestyle that we're talking Mm -hmm. about, being willing to do whatever it takes to keep God first in our lives. That's That's good. good. I remember um, whenever I was in college, I was my sophomore year in college. I wasn't leading anything. I wasn't you know, doing anything for, you know, for the, the prayer room at that time, I was just serving. I was just there. And, um, and I remember hearing about, uh, the Holy clubs, you know, the John Wesley, George Whitfield, Charles Wesley in England and hearing about how they would fast in their college years, you know, 19, 20 years old, they fast twice a week. They just take two days. They committed their lives to a lifestyle of fasting where they would take two days out of the week and fast. And I said, man, I want to do that. And I remember I started doing that two days a week. I didn't tell anyone. It was really that, you know, just just fasting and secret thing. And that season, kind of to your point, Dennis, that season of just because it felt like I was always fasting, even though it was only two days a week. Mm -hmm. It was like my fasting day was over and then like the next one was up again. Yeah. And it Mm -hmm. did something to my heart. It kept my heart pure in a way and it kept my heart open to the Lord in a way that it produced something in me in that season. Whenever it wasn't, it wasn't just this big forty-day fast, but it was day is that day-to-day faithfulness that you're hitting on that produced something inside of me. And in the next season, I was launched into leadership, and I saw this, you know, all this stuff happening on my campus. But it was from that place of lifestyle fasting. And I remember in that season, I was doing that fast twice a uh, twice a week, and I had a dream, and it was one of the coolest dreams I ever had. Only time I've ever heard, you know, like the audible voice of God in a dream. But in the dream, it was like, you know, really dramatic, like, you know, the clouds and God's voice thundering or whatever. And I just remember the, his, he just spoke audibly in this dream and says, mm-hmm. why wouldn't you give everything now? 
Wow. That's good. Why wouldn't you give everything now? And I knew that was in, in response to and in uh, an encouragement for me in that fast to live that fasted lifestyle and say, hey, why wouldn't I just give my life, like my lifestyle to fasting and seeking God now, right? Because we, you know, it's obviously such a limited time we have here on earth, but um, it's such a valuable use of our time, yeah. the lifestyle fast, I believe. That's so good, David. Yeah, I'm, I'm convicted from that dream. <laughs> That's so good. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> yes. Um, I think with the fasted lifestyle, you know, it's it, there's a principle of restraint that's holy mm. um and people might call that legalism but i call it love there are things that obviously there are things that are no-nos if you're married or dating or whatever but there's a lot of things that you do not to not just push the boundaries as far as you can but to stay as connected and intimate as you can in, in the context of marriage and i think the same is true of the lord that there's a principle of restraint and i think in Christian maturity, you experience, you know, the freedom of the Lord that goes all of your days. But there's such an intense experience of freedom in the Lord, you know, in your early days of salvation. It's the freedom from shame and condemnation and bondages and addictions and religion even. Right. But as you mature, I think there's an aspect of discipline that comes in, you know, where you understand it is for freedom that Christ has set you free. Therefore, no longer be slaves to sin. Where you where you now begin to discipline yourself. You look at the most gifted athletes, you know, the most gifted men or women, and and they're they are people of discipline, mm. right? And and to understand that, I think, is then to look at your lifestyle and say, you know, uh, 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 there are choices that I'm going to make that I don't have to make, but I'm going to make them because I want the upward calling in God, which yeah. is yeah. sanctification, but it's also your 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 calling, calling your destiny. You look at Tom Brady, who's 44, you know, uh, he's he's the he's 44, he's 44, 43, wow. 44, just won a just won a Super Bowl championship. Um, good as he's ever played. That guy has not eaten a tomato or a fried food, I think, in like 15, 16 years. Right. His yeah, it causes inflammation or something. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> My point being this is he's modeled his life to reach the pinnacle of his craft. Yeah. Paul says, I beat my body and make it my slave so that I might not be myself disqualified from the prize because others, they wrestle for a crown that is perishable, but we work for a crown that is that is imperishable. And so, um, it, you know, there's so there's so much to learn, I think, in, in, in not just enjoying our freedoms that we have in the Lord, but also, you know, we can eat anything as Christians. You know, we're not under the old covenant. But then uh, uh, love propels us to say i'm just going to cut off these permissible pleasures for a season and i'm going to i'm going to set my appetite on the lord right and and so uh, there's just this aspect of christian maturity i think is lost today in the american mm. church western church where we want as much individualism and freedom yeah. as possible without restraint you know yeah i think just to kind of tie this together and dennis you you, you phrase this so well but just anything that would hinder love again the, the reason why even we are fasting it should be a love driven pursuit we're not it's again i think that's another thing that to go back to the very first question like why isn't as much as prevalent so to speak amongst the younger generation of christians is because it has been i think it's come off as legalistic right. like oh it's a legalistic right. tradition that you're just you're supposed to do whereas for the christian even if you go back to the number six Nazarite lifestyle, it says if any man, woman 
so desires. It's, it's a desire base. Right. Like, Lord, I so want you. I so love you. That I want more of you. And I'm willing to give up the permissible pleasures of the world in order to have more of you. And right. so I think just to kind of close out this time as we're talking about fasting, this reminder for our audience, as we're talking about this, that this is a love driven pursuit for each one of us here. When we're talking about like, man, like, it's it's again psalms 139 says search me O god and, and know my heart try me and see if there be any grievous way in me lead me in the way everlasting if there's anything in us that would inhibit us from loving him well from, that would actually distract us or take us off path i mean hebrews talks about casting off the, uh, the sin and also everything else that easily entangles it's yeah. it's not just sin it's like actually everything else that would trip us up um that's that i think is what we are trying to communicate here as we continue to share about fasting the fasted lifestyle and so um just encouraging for you guys if you are hearing this and your heart's burning within you like maybe you haven't fasted before or you're like you know i've tried it once or twice didn't really seem to do anything for me i encourage you guys start in that bite-sized chunk just maybe take a day maybe it's a daniel fast for you know like a, a couple of days maybe it's just liquids or juice for you know 24 hours but take a day to seek the lord to actually get those other things that might be a distraction out of your life and really pursue him wholeheartedly um we're going to continue to talk about topics such as this about fasting prayer revival current topics as well things that are going on in our nation so i'm actually i'm really excited this is just the first of many more podcasts to come uh, we'll be having other guest speakers on as well if you guys have any questions or any topics that you'd like to actually see us talk about or hear kind of our th- thoughts on, email us at hello at contend.global. We'd love to respond to your questions or even kind of consider the topics that you feel like, hey, this is what I'm encountering right now on my college campus. We'd love to hear you guys talk about this. But yeah, thank you guys so much for being on this podcast today. We're going to talk about uh, fasting, fasted lifestyle. Until next time, see you guys.